0: Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions, because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And this is the sous chef of the garden
1: just telling you how happy I am to be beside the mistress of the marigolds, <laughs> the queen of the Quints, and the angel of the azaleas. Ooh, and that would be, yes, Charlie ooh, Duffin. You've been busy. I know. <laughs> Getting my alliteration down there.
2: Uh, coming up with all kinds of great plant names, <laughs> too.
1: Yeah. Hey, uh, good morning to you, Charlie, and everybody else. Um, Thank you for joining us here on Zoomer Radio.
2: Yeah, on this kind of gray day.
1: Yeah, I ran in on, on way into the station. Quite a bit of rain, as a matter of fact. Yeah, it seems like it's EVP. just going
2: to kind of go through in waves. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it, like pours. Yeah, for about a minute or two, and then it stops. But it is kind of gray and a bit, a bit fog out there, and that's. But of warmer
1: thing. than I thought it was. Tomorrow. I
2: know it's true. You almost feel like you want to wear a sweater or something today, but you don't no. need it. <laughs>
1: no, 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 It can be humid too.
2: That's right. And the gardens need the rains, so we're not going to complain. No, There's no complaining. True. It's that all, I actually true. had a sprinkler running yesterday, so it's probably my fault that the rain came today. <laughs> <laughs> I find that seems to work that way. Right.
1: Okay, let me get the phone numbers on the air okay. here. Okay. Uh, 416-360-0740 for Toronto area uh, callers. And anywhere in the province, it's toll free, 1-866-744-740. Keep in mind our little mantra, call early, call often. One question per call, though, okay? And Kind of guarantees we can get to talk to a lot of folks, <laughs> and uh, if you are a first-time caller, let Sebastian know, and he will tell me, and I will get my little bell out here, and go, <phone rings> ding, and there you go. You're welcome to the Garden Show Ringer.
2: That's r- yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, you're Garden Wings the exactly. Garden wing. exactly. You're part of the part of the the team. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. You know how some people seem to get it together and go on beautiful travels all over the world, seeing gardens and yeah. You know, somehow they. I just my Facebook people are always updating about where they are. Oh, nice! You know, it's like I hate them. I hate them all. (laughs) (laughs) So because I'm so jealous, like it's like I want to go traveling too. Well, I do have an opportunity. I just want to share with everybody. Here is something that hopefully we'll come together beautifully. It's called a Tulip Time Cruise. Oh. So this is a river cruise in Holland from Amsterdam, big round, circle back to Amsterdam over a seven-day period with a company called YYZ Travel. Uh-huh. And um, I've been offered the opportunity to host this tour Oh, uh, wow. March 23rd to 30th, so next March. Um, and... Uh, I love the idea of those river cruises. Oh, like, my gosh. They're, they're so,
1: yeah, you see the shots on, on the tube. Doesn't like, that so, look great? They're yeah. so, like
2: little boats, right? It's yep. only like, I don't know, 150 or whatever people that fit on these. And, and you know, there's some, they go through the canals, mm-hmm. and there's all those bridges. So the, some of the bridges are really low, so they take on water to go, sink down deeper, to go under the bridges, yeah, and then yeah. they, they let go of the ballast to float back up. But can you imagine
1: up. the flowers over
2: there? Well, exactly. Tulip wow. time, so there's so much going on in yeah. March. Anyhow, I, I bring this up because if, you know, please join me on this cruise, and what, what is happening this week is on Wednesday, this coming Wednesday evening, 6.30 p.m., there's kind of an open gang group meeting at um, Timothy's Coffee Shop. So what's it called? World... World, yeah, Timothy's World Coffee Shop, which is in Richview Plaza, 250 Wincott Drive in Etobicoke. Or for more information, just email me at c.dobbin, D-O-B-B-I-N, at mzmedia.com.
1: Well, I'll bet you a lot of listeners would love to go on that. that exactly.
2: I think it'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Fun. And even more fun to go with real hobby gardeners and people that, you know, we have a relationship with. Exactly. Okay. But other things going on uh, today... Uh, want to get out of the rain and still think about gardening, join the Scarborough Garden and Horticultural Society. They're holding their annual judged flower, vegetable, and fruit show. Mm-hmm. You know, it's there they go, those competitive <laughs> gardeners. I know it's all about fun, but still. Yeah, but uh, there'll be some beautiful flowers and vegetables. Sharpening and their spades. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you know Free admission, of course, from 2 until 4 p.m. Scarborough Village Community Center, 3600 Kingston Road at Markham Road. Uh, this weekend, at both days today and tomorrow ten to ten a m to three p m there 's a fall migration fest going on at the Royal Botanical Gardens. Huh. So before all our feathered and fluttering friends head south, join the RBG gang for exploration hands on activities, special guests, and fun for everyone. The event admission is included in your general admission purchase to the Rbg, and of course members are always admitted free of charge. Royal Botanical mm-hmm. Gardens is on Plains Road right. in Burlington. So that's where that's today and tomorrow. Uh, the September 25th. So I guess that would be next Sunday. The Greater Toronto Water Gardeners are holding their next meeting. It's at Terra Greenhouses, which is 12800. So 12800 Britannia Road in Milton. So that's a re- that's the really mm. big Terra um, retail outlet and garden centre. That's uh, just west of Trafalgar on Britannia. Meeting at 12 noon for lunch. The speaker is Judy um, of the Water Garden section at Terra, and her topic is landscaping your pond. Excellent. Don't forget as well, one more thing, National Tree Day is September 21st. That's this Wednesday. National Tree Day is a celebration for all Canadians to appreciate the great benefits that trees provide us. Clean air, wildlife habitat, reducing energy demand, and connecting with nature... There's lots of events going on, so check it out at www.nationaltreeday.ca. And you're
1: not barking up the wrong tree here. <laughs> no, the garden show on the air with tree lovers Frank and Charlie. <laughs> and we'll be back in just a couple of moments. we had a full bank of uh, phone callers uh, waiting to talk to you, so we'll be back to those here on Zoomer
0: Radio. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is the Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, Charlie, we're taking a little trip
1: here to Elmville. There's hmm. Sylvia. Good morning. Welcome to the show, Sylvia.
2: Oh, hi. Good morning. Thank you
3: for taking my call. Um, I'm I, I want to know about uh, my aunt I can anthry, Anthurums or whatever Anthurium. it's called. Anthurium. And
2: sorry? Anthurium.
3: Anthurium. Oh, okay. I could never pronounce it. Um, I have to repot it. Mm-hmm. I looked it up. I Googled it online. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I'm just wondering what is, uh, it has to go in a bigger pot, and uh, um, what kind of soil do I, use? it's never, f- it flowered, bloomed when I first got it, mm-hmm. and uh, it hasn't flowered since. It's still green, mm-hmm. leaves. Um, so what kind of, and I I, I assume it, it needs repotting. Um, what, How long have you had it? Oh, um, about a year?
2: Mm. Don't assume it needs repotting. What I would do is I would check. the. There's drainage holes in the pot that the plant is growing in now at the bottom. There's holes. Okay. Pick up the pot and look underneath. If you see roots growing out those holes, you're absolutely right. Time to repot. Okay. If you don't see roots growing out of there, I would not repot now.
3: Well, it didn't come with an inner... Um Oh, it
2: did. <laughs> yeah, it did. <laughs> yeah, it sits inside like probably a, yeah. a, a fancy planter on, right, on the outside. Right, yeah, because yeah, you know what? Optimal. Whenever we repot, it is stressful on the plants. Okay. So fall is never the best time to repot. If you oh. can wait till spring, it's better. Oh. Because okay. in the spring, plants are actively growing. They're all waking up and they're excited. The days are getting longer. and you right. know, Even if they're indoor plants, they still know that it's spring and it's time to wake up and so grow. I, so I should wait. Yeah, just uh. because they, they'll, they handle stress better when okay. they're in that active growth phase. That uh. Right now, they're slowing down and getting ready for winter.
3: Um, it, it it needs a lot of it, it says it indirect sun right indirect
2: uh, light. What, what kind of windows do you have? Have you got like an east or north or west kind of windows? Uh, um, I get the I get
3: the um, I don't get a lot of sun mm-hmm. in the back uh, patio door. That's where I have it now, mm-hmm. and, and uh, I'm thinking maybe to move it in the front. I I my my windows don't get a lot of sun here. Yeah. Um, it's
2: our other house. <laughs> okay. Um, well, it doesn't need direct sunlight. It doesn't need like a southern exposure. But if if it is, a, um, you know, east or north or one of those, you know, morning kind of lights, then I would have the plant right on the window ledge. Okay. If it was a southern window or a western window, then, yeah, you can be five or six feet away from the window. But, so it does want a bright spot, no right. question. And it actually likes to be kept fairly moist. So yeah. check the surface of the soil every two, three days. As soon as it starts to feel a bit dry, water. Just water it a little bit. Because yeah.
3: I was using ice cubes, which they recommend on the, on the instructions. Whoa, but, Charlie
1: but, is shaking her head, no, yeah, no, no, no. I know. I
3: remember uh, talking to you about that before. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so just a little bit of water, that's it.
2: Well, I, enough water that the water goes through the pot, through those drainage holes, into that l- saucer below or the outer Cash pot. Right. And and so then, not,
3: a lot of, not a lot of water. Just, um, yeah, depends yeah. on
2: the size of the pot, but yeah, yeah, it might be a half a cup of water. And make sure it's room temperature. That's all.
3: Yeah, oh, okay. Oh, room temperature. Okay. Yeah. okay. 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 Thank you very much. Thanks. Right. Okay. Okay. Thanks, for Thanks
1: for joining us here on The Garden Show from Zoomer Radio. The Vills are taking precedence here. Dunville from Elmville. <laughs> There's June. Hi, June. <laughs>
3: Good morning, Frank and Charlie. Good morning, June. I have. A large aloe.
4: Uh-huh.
3: And it's more than three feet wide, mm. it's more than four foot tall. It is in a south facing window. It is doing beautiful. Mm. It does have beautiful flowers. Nice. But now it's doing a large lean. Uh. Do you have any suggestions? I have it in a sixteen inch pot. Height wise
2: mm-hmm.
3: and a wide one, at least 12.
2: Are you able to spin the pot? Like, I imagine it's leaning towards the light.
3: No, it's managing towards leaning towards the east.
2: Oh, uh-huh. so in, towards the house as opposed like into the house rather than into the to light. The side. Hmm. Oh, to the side.
5: Yeah, it's drunk. Huh, yeah.
2: <laughs>
5: <laughs> well, you know,
2: honestly, in my experience, that does tend to happen. Um, <clears throat> The best thing you can do is you go to your local, you know, home hardware or garden center and pick up some bamboo stakes. They don't have to be very long stakes, but you know, eighteen. Oh, I
6: can them out of my yard.
2: Okay, there you go. So yeah, two foot kind of length stakes. You probably need at least three of them, and and then I would use the stakes to to stick them in the ground of the pot to straighten the plant up. Uh, it'll just you know hold it the way you want it to be, and try to remember if you can. I, re- I pro- it's probably a very heavy pot, but mm-hmm. even if you can, every every week or every two weeks, turn the pot, preferably 180 degrees, or in a, a worst case 90 degrees. Just remember to keep turning it so that the plant will it won't necessarily you all dro- yeah droop in one direction. Mm. And for now, use the stakes as a way to stabilize it.
5: Okay. Thank you very much indeed.
2: The only (laughs) other thing I want to mention is with winter coming, aloe, like don't water it all winter, right? Just leave it alone. like No water, and you're less likely to see that leaning as well.
7: Thanks, June. Thank you. All righty, thank you. All thank
1: right. You. Have a great day. And uh, thank you very much for joining us here on The Garden Show from Zoomer Radio. And you know, we have a first-time caller waiting on the line, but I'll need it just a minute or so to get my bell-ringing arm in shape. <laughs> and so we'll, we'll come back after these words here on AM 740, 96.7 FM, downtown Toronto.
0: Fur and feathers and bugs of all size There's more going on in the garden than you realize Should small creatures become a big problem Then you've got the Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin Exclusively on Zoomer Radio Well, I'm worn out I'm
1: I'm telling you, I broke a sweat getting my uh, bell ringing arm in shape I don't believe that That's (laughs) true Susan in Brampton There you go, you got your wings
2: Good morning
3: and welcome to the show Good morning um, I have a wisteria plant that I've had planted for about nine years, and it was quite a, a good plant when I when I had it planted. But it, I can't get it to bloom.
2: Mm. Has it bloomed at all?
3: It one or once or twice I get maybe three or four blooms on it, and that's it.
2: Well, you know, I was just showing Frank. I googled wisteria oh, just gosh, to show literally. him there are some amazing images of wisteria on the web. Most of which are coming from Japan. So, I mean. The thing about wisteria is that it does get huge. It's a very vigorous plant. Uh, It does require pruning, very very selective pruning, a couple of times a year to really make it bloom and not just have a big green, massive vine. That's what mine is. Yeah. So um, what I would recommend, it's hard to kind of explain because there's different shoots that are pruned at different times of year. Uh, Do you have access to the Internet? Oh, yes. Okay, because uh, Canadian Gardening Magazine did a multi-page article a number of years ago which is on the web but the one that I brought up is a, a different magazine called fine gardening so f i n e gardening so if you just google wisteria and then go to fine gardening there's a whole article here called pruning and training wisteria and there's some great it's all there's good um, graphics to show you what to prune and when to prune oh, okay okay because that's what it is it's a there's shoots that are flowering shoots and then there's an awful lot of other shoots and and uh, the plant just gets huge. And if it's not pruned, yeah, it's just a big green thing. Right, so right. sharpen your pruners.
3: or com?
2: Uh, this is finegardening.com, okay. pruning and training wisteria. Okay, great. Okay. That's my best suggestion rather than getting into a big, long rant on the radio. Okay. <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, Susan. Thanks for
2: calling, though. Thank Good to hear from you. you. Yeah. Nine,
1: 927 here on a Saturday morning. And Peggy from Mount Hope, welcome to the Garden Show. Hello. Good morning. Good
4: morning. Hi, Charlie and Frank. I listen to you every week and enjoy your show and learn something every week.
2: Excellent. Thank you. I'm hoping
4: you can help me. I have a plant. I call it a spider plant, but it has, it's green, has long, thin leaves, and then it sends out long um, stem with a baby yeah, on
2: those, it. Yeah, that's a spider plant. Yep.
4: Oh, good. Okay. Now, I've had it outside facing east all summer, and it loves mm-hmm. it out there. And has grown immensely and has about a 1,000 babies.
2: Uh,
4: I don't know. Should I've brought it in? It's, in, again, in an east window. Should I prune it? What, what do I do with it?
2: Well, can you I could op- it? open Sorry. up a garden center and sell spider <laughs> plants. <laughs> I could. I really could. Uh, it's up to you. Um, you can leave those babies, and, of course, they're just going to grow bigger and bigger and bigger, and the whole plant's just going to get bigger and bigger. Mm-hmm. Or you couldn't nip them off cuz they they are little baby plants and pot them up i do you, mount hope has a horticultural society as i recall do you are you a member of uh, no, any I'm of the not. garden clubs cuz no, um, yeah i mean it's a great plant i've used that outside as a landscaping plant using it as an edging in a garden use it in hanging baskets and and when i'm doing that then it's just like let it go in the fall don't even keep it but mm-hmm. you know you might want to pot some up keep them over the winter and then perhaps use them in the garden next year. Uh, otherwise, yeah, you can let them grow or you can trim them off. Yeah, you know, if it's a little too unwieldy, if it's one sided, there's certainly nothing wrong with trimming any of them away. But I sorta of hate to kill little plants if you don't well, have I to. Do,
4: and I've turned it all summer so it's full all nice. the way around. Nice. Um it also most likely needs to be repotted, so I should do that in the spring, right?
2: If you can. As I mentioned to our first caller when Sylvia called, it's, you know, spring is optimal, um, but, you know, your spider plant is very vigorous by the sounds of it and very happy anyway, uh-huh. so you probably could repot it now and it wouldn't even blink because uh-huh. they are a pretty tough little plant. All right. Okay.
4: Wonderful. Thank you very
5: much.
2: You're very welcome. Thank you,
1: Peggy. Have a great day. You betcha. And we seem to have a proliferation of Peggy's this morning. Mm -hmm. From Peggy in Mount Hope, we go to Peggy in Mississauga. Welcome to the show, Peggy.
6: Yes. Hello. Good morning. Uh, I also have a spider plant, Mm -hmm. but I have the little black flies on it. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm using the sticky sticks now almost two months, and they're still multiple. Well, they're maybe not as bad, but they're still coming.
2: Okay, so and so, if you bang the side of the pot, you see a whole mass of little tiny. They look like fruit flies flying out of the pot.
6: Well, uh, no, I, if I, it kind of ruffled the uh, the plant itself. It, the flies will come out.
2: Okay. So, and do they remind you of fruit flies? Are yeah, c- yes, kind of They sized? are like
6: fruit flies, but they're not. I thought the sticky sticks would would solve the problem. Well, and it, it's now like two months, and they're still coming.
2: Okay, so they will solve the problem, but it is a bit of a process, as you recognize. The other thing you can do to help solve the problem, because what you've got flying around there are called fungus gnats, so G-N-A-T-S. So fungus gnats eat fungus. And what's going on there... Is there's fungus in the soil of the plant. Okay. And in the presence of lots of fungus, the gnats respond by laying lots of eggs. And when the eggs hatch, they're like little tiny, tiny worms and they uh, squirm around in the soil eating the fungus. Then they grow up into those gnats that have wings and they fly around looking for a place to lay eggs to continue the cycle. Mm-hmm. So your yellow sticky sticks will grab the adults, the flying ones, Mm -hmm. and stop them from laying eggs. The other thing you can do is cut way back on your watering of the spider plant. So if you're watering it once a week, start watering it once every two weeks or, you know, like just half the amount of... Like, water thoroughly when you water, but don't water as often. And the amount of fungus will drop in the soil because it'll be a drier soil. Mm-hmm. And with less fungus in the soil, you'll have fewer eggs being laid and fewer eggs hatching. And uh, it like we're saying, it's going to take another two months probably, but you should be able to eliminate the insect that way.
6: I thought maybe I should change the soil completely, but no.
2: You could. Um, Sometimes people do that just as a a response because they're so frustrated with the insect. Um, It is very stressful, as we said, to repot in the fall. It's even doubly um, stressful to take all the soil off all the roots because that's what you'd have to do.
6: Well, the funny thing, it's not affecting the other spider plants in the house.
2: Oh, really? Mm. No. It's just that one.
6: I got this one from somebody to look after because it was... Mm. Not having a good time at her house, oh, okay? So I'm wondering uh, if it was in the soil prob- when it came here.
2: Probably. Okay
6: then I'll keep
2: going with what I'm doing. Um or your suggestion is a good one. If you have other plants and this one was, was a donation from somebody else, I mean maybe that's what you should do. Take it outside, strip all that soil off, keep the hose handy so it doesn't dry out and repot it into fresh potting soil. I mean that they, they are pretty tough plants. So I mean yes. you, it's they, they can they can withstand quite a lot of abuse. <laughs> but
6: sticky sticks
2: are the uh, the, the only salvation. Yep, yeah. We used to use there's a chemical that we used as a soil drench, but that yes. is no longer available. And I can
6: still fertilize it.
2: You can, though I wouldn't do a lot of fertilizing at this time of year because remember the days are getting shorter. Yes, yes, plants of are slowing down. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Thank you very much. Let you us, really uh, let us know how
1: that, that goes, Peggy, okay?
2: What's that?
1: Let us know how that goes, what, you know, if you pl- yeah, plan you on repotting get it.
6: I'm through. I'm okay. holding the phone since 9
5: o'clock.
1: <laughs> well, bless your heart. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. <laughs> you. We appreciate that. Patience personified right there on the Zoomer Radio. Uh, let's see. There's something going I heard. Uh, if uh, some some announcement this morning, I think that there's something special going on in Thornhill, like a, a, a street. Uh, there's
2: always special things going thing. on in Thornhill. Yeah, well, uh,
1: <laughs> we've got somebody who it's maybe tell a pretty us. Pretty special place. Cheryl is on the line from <laughs> Thornhill, as you might know. Hi, Cheryl.
4: Hello. Good morning. Good yes. morning. Uh, nice to talk to you again. I talked to you quite a while ago. Oh,
2: nice. Thanks for calling.
4: Uh, I have, a friend of mine has a place in Nova Scotia and asked her to bring me back some seeds, uh, lupin seeds, because they're quite strong. Right. But instead of bringing me a package of seeds, she brought me a bag of the pods from her own plant. Oh, nice. And there's a whole mess of them here. Mm -hmm. I assume, now I've read different things and I'm not sure which one's right. There, There was one thing to say to soak the pods and then all the seeds will come out. But I would think that I need to plant them right away.
2: Yeah.
4: I guess otherwise I just break them open dry.
2: Right? Are they are they, pro, are they dry in the bag now?
4: Yeah. Okay. I so mean, th- they're in a Ziploc bag, and so it's just all the pods in there, and they look pretty dry.
2: Okay. Yeah. So I would open up that Ziploc bag <clears throat> because remember, you know, plastic Ziploc bags yeah, are sealing. Make moisture. Yeah, and and remember, it, seeds are living entities, so you want them. You want air circulation. So yes, I would definitely open up the bag. Pull one of the pods out, just crack it open, and it should be full of black seeds very or dark brown, shiny seeds, which tells you they're ripe and mature and ready to go. In the, in the natural world, those pods drop to the ground or actually split open and sort of fling seeds everywhere and land on the surface of the soil and then... And that typically happens in early summer midsummer, and those seeds sit there until the conditions are right for them to grow, and then they start to grow, and life is simple, so you don 't have to do anything too fancy you if you, If you know where you want to plant them, I would get them outside and get them out on the ground. you know rough up a seed bed, crack open the pods, get the seeds out there, sprinkle the finest finest layer of soil on top, uh, just to try and keep the birds or the squirrels from taking the seeds. And, um, and, you know, mark off, you know, where it is in the spring so you're not stomping all over the place. And they should grow no problem.
4: Okay, so I can do it now. I would. I wasn't sure of. Yep, yeah,
2: I would get them out there now. And if you can't, if you don't want to get them out now or you can't get them out now, then you're going to have to do what Frank and I did with the acorns, which is the, you know, moist potting soil into the refrigerator oh, okay. for the winter. Because they do need that winter, the cold. Yeah, I,
4: just, I just opened a pot up and there are, it was actually... Really easy to open. Yeah,
2: yeah, they'll crack open easily. Um, <laughs> do
4: most of the seeds take, or is it best to put like?
2: Well, it's hard to say. Or
4: pod folds, or something.
2: Yeah, uh, definitely put more seeds than you expect to grow. But try and spread them in such a way that they're not actually touching each other, um, and they're they're lovely if you can get them to grow. Sometimes though, it's having the right sort of soil conditions. Try and mimic the conditions. That was happening in Nova Scotia for where you're planting here.
4: Well, I know they say they said on the uh, seed package we bought before mm-hmm. that they love terrible soil. Terrible <laughs> soil
2: and full sun. They need lots of sun and good drainage. Yeah, they don't yeah. want to be in a wet spot. That's for sure.
4: Okay, the full sun's the, the
2: challenge. Yeah. Okay. let A lot of sun-
1: trees
2: out here. Sunniest you can provide. Okay. Okay. Well, okay.
1: Thanks, Thank you Cheryl. Very much. Yeah. All right. The Garden Show here on Zoomer Radio, AM seven forty. And, of course, in downtown Toronto, you can pick us up at 96.7 FM. There's Margaret in Scarborough. Hi, Margaret. Welcome to the show.
5: Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I called you last uh, Christmas. Somebody gave me a hibiscus for Christmas, and I wanted to know what to do with it at this time of the year. Can you tell me what I do with it now? Because the leaves
2: of all... Uh, gone brown and I've cut them off. What do I do with the bulb now? Did you have it outside for the summer? No. Okay, so it's been inside all summer? Yes. And what direction does the window face that you have it sitting in?
5: Um,
2: West. West. And all the leaves have fallen off? There's no green on it at all?
5: There's one green one left.
2: Yes. Okay, Okay, so how often are you watering the plant?
5: Well, I, I haven't watered it for a couple of weeks now. It's dried out.
2: Okay. So, all right. And it was green most of the summer? Did it have any flowers or anything? Oh, it
5: had beautiful flowers um, over Christmas last year in January and February. It had five flowers on it. Nice. And then I had, um, I've had i had the leaves all summer green. Mm-hmm. But in the last month, one, one at a time, they've just gone brown okay. and flopped over, you know?
2: Right. Well, I mean, you do have to, prov- to provide consistent water in order to keep the plant functioning and growing leaves. So at this point, what I would do, the one bit of green you have, is it up on the tip of one of the branches? It's right in the middle, Okay. The green. All right. the so, green leaf. Yeah, what I would do is I would get out some sharp scissors or pruners. I would prune the plant back a bit, depending on the size of the plant. You could prune every tip by an inch or by three or four inches, you know, depending on the size of the plant. Mm-hmm. I would definitely water it, water it thoroughly so that the soil is well saturated uh, and then do not let the plant sit in water, but, you know, let it sit in a saucer of water for 10 or 15 minutes. And if there's still water in the saucer, dump it out at that point. Keep it in the west window, and, uh, you know, obviously today's a grey day, but that is probably, you know, one of your sunnier spots, and new leaves will start to grow, and then it's just a matter of feeling the soil. You know, you'll water when the soil feels dry, and you'll water thoroughly at that time. So it might be every week, might be every 10 days, but either way, you do need to keep consistent water uh, on the plant in order, like I say, to keep those leaves functioning. Should I uh, change the soil? I wouldn't recommend doing that now. Um, perhaps it would be a very good idea to do next spring because if it's you can keep it happy and healthy through the winter, it will be ready for a bigger pot probably and fresh soil next spring.
5: I see. Okay. Um, Margaret, all right. I'll, I'll give okay. that a shot and see if I can get it to grow again. Oh. <laughs> all right. Thank Thanks you, Margaret. You very much.
1: All righty. As we say goodbye to uh, Margaret, that opens up a line, so uh, you can maybe try to get in now to have a chat with Charlie. <clears throat> Pardon me. And then anywhere in the province, toll free.
2: <clears throat> Pardon me. Yeah, I can do that.
1: One eight six six seven forty four seven
2: forty. Okay. And <clears throat> when we come back, because I know you're going to say we need to yes. listen to some of our commercial sponsor break people, but I had homework from last week. Oh, right. Remember the radishes? Oh yeah. John and St Catharines had those radishes that just weren't growing into radishes. I did my homework. Okay. I'll report back shortly. <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs> Keep it right where it is. Zoomer <laughs> Radio. Back in a moment. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, for and
5: foxclubs, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet
0: You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is the Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zuma <laughs> Radio.
1: Well, we're gonna bop along to Brenda in Port Dover. <laughs> good morning, Brenda. Welcome to the show.
7: Well, good morning, Charlie and Norm. Uh, my problem is I uh, my daisies and black-eyed susans have stopped blooming and I was wondering if it was too early to cut them back.
2: You can cut back the flowers and the flower stems, but I would leave yeah. the leaves alone. Oh, for now. I mean unless the leaves are all crispy. Uh, cuz you're you're probably still summer where you live. I mean, we're looking uh, at a bit of fall coming here, but but you know what I mean? Uh the Unless, See, I actually like leaving the flowers on my black-eyed Susans and Daisies if I can, because the birds will come and take the seeds. When, yes. So they aren't very attractive, but they do set seed and the little finches will come and take the seeds. However, if these are seeds that are going to blow all over your yard and grow, then yes, you may want to cut those off and cut the flower stems off. But I would, like, I would leave the leaves alone until we get frost.
8: Okay, perfect. Okay. That's all I wanted to know. Okay,
1: well, there you you're go. very welcome.
2: Okay, thank you. And have
1: a good day. Thank, thank you, you for joining
2: us here on the Garden Show. And
1: uh, back my to homework. Your homework. Yes, yes
2: indeed, uh, I did do it. All right, so John called last week from St. Catherine's, and he said for the last couple of years he plants radish seeds, mm-hmm. radish leaves come up, he thinks he's doing everything right, but when he goes to actually harvest the radishes he's just got a skinny little root it's red but it's skinny it's not a a bulb like we expect so I couldn't figure that one out right away so I did my homework and here are the several reasons why that can happen number one if it's a brand new bed brand new garden bed uh, make sure that the soil is nice and loose loose and friable as we say so because if it's a really compacted soil the radishes won't be able to grow Mm. I don't think that was what John's problem was but that's worth you know mentioning Avoid excess nitrogen in the soil because a lot of nitrogen will lead to a lot of leaves. That's what nitrogen Mm -hmm. does. So in a fertilizer uh, package, you'll see three numbers, you know, like 10, 10, 10, or 15, 30, 15. So the first number of those three numbers is the percentage of nitrogen. So avoid nitrogen fertilizers where you're growing things like radishes because you're not really growing them for the leaves. You're growing them for the roots. Another common cause of radishes not growing bulbs is they're too crowded. So you gotta make sure you thin your radishes. you gotta, um, you know, if, it's, if they're all tight together, then yeah. those little roots. A couple
1: inches apart? Or, yeah, yeah,
2: absolutely. Preferably, depend, yeah, at least an inch and a yeah. half to two inches apart. So thinning your seedlings is obviously important. Overcrowding means the root cannot mm-hmm. expand. Make sure your radishes are growing in full sun. If it's too shady, again, you'll get lots of leaves and not a lot of root, bulb root. And then the final, which is probably what happened, the final reason that radishes fail to provide a big bulb is that they are cool season vegetables and they will bolt in hot weather. Mm-hmm. Bolting means flowering. So when, they, when a plant is, is a cool season plant, the weather gets very hot and stays hot, the plant chooses to produce seed rather than fat little roots in the case of radishes. So when temperatures reach 80 degrees Fahrenheit or 26 degrees Celsius, you can expect the plants to focus on forming flowers rather than roots. So the heat could have been doing it as well. Bottom line, you can't control the heat. So there you go. So there's five potential reasons why radishes may not form bulbs, but I think that probably, John, it was the temperature that did it to you.
1: Well, boy, you really did a number there on that homework.
2: Yeah, I think so. Thank you. Do I get an A? Do I get a gold star? You you get
1: a gold star. In fact, I'm going to give you...
2: (laughs) A bell. A bell. I get rings.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. We're along to talk now to uh, Jody in Scarborough. Good morning, Jody.
2: Morning. Morning.
7: Okay. I, I'd like to know, how do you winterize geraniums? Mm. My mom used to do it, and she'd get these beautiful, beautiful, they, they almost grew like little bushes and where she had 20, 30 blooms at a time. Mm-hmm. And I, I got some geraniums this year, and the color is just stunning, and I thought, I wonder how I could save these for next <laughs> year. but. Unfortunately, I wasn't paying attention to what mom was doing.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because geranium overwintering geraniums has changed over the years because our homes have changed. Do, are these plants in the ground or in pots? Uh, they're in the ground. Okay. So our grandmothers and potentially even our mothers – uh, we're able, once we got into the, co- the cooler fall weather, not a, not a super killer frost, but certainly some cool enough weather that the plants begin to droop. So we're not there yet, another month or so. What they would do is they'd get to that very, you know, sort of very gentle frost point. Once that happened, they would pull the geraniums up out of the ground, shake the soil off the roots, flip the plants upside down, take them down in the basement and hang them up in the rafters. In those days, basements had earthen floors. The basements were used as cool cellars, root cellars, there was potatoes and onions, and now all kinds of vegetables were stored down there. It was cool, it was dark, and there was a certain level of humidity. And these bare-root, upside-down geraniums were dormant, but they stayed alive because they had those conditions, cool, dark, and moist. Nowadays, our basements tend to be very warm and very dry and full of big-screen TVs. So the last thing you want to do is hang geraniums up in, the, up in your basement. What I have done for my best success with overwintering geraniums is to bring them in and treat them as a house plant. Keep, have them in pots, uh, put them in a very sunny window, preferably a south or western window, and water them as required. They will continue to bloom all summer, or sorry, all winter. Uh, They'll lose a few leaves. You'll see some scraggly thin growth because there's not enough light for them to be truly happy, but they're still very much alive. Uh, And then come February, March, I'll take some cuttings. So tip cuttings, four to five-inch tips are cut off uh, each of the branches of the geraniums, dipped in some rooting hormone, uh, some roots come out of those cut ends, and then they're potted up, ready to go out in the spring again.
7: Okay. And the one that you saved, would you plant that one again?
2: Absolutely. Well, yeah, What we call we call that one the mother plant. Yeah. So it's always the biggest, juiciest plant. Yeah. But because we love it so much, <clears throat> typically we want more of it. So that's why we do the cuttings. Yeah. So, yeah, I would plant the, the mother and the babies, you know, if I really love the plant. Yeah. Or I might just say, no, I'm going to just make, you know, this mother plant be my main plant and don't even bother with cuttings. But either way, absolutely, very, very – geraniums will live for years and years and years.
7: I know. Moms did – you know, we used to make fun of her when she would plant them in the spring. They were these <laughs> dried-up, scraggly <laughs> – <laughs> Looking dry branches, yeah. and we'd laugh, you know. Uh, she says, "You wait, you yeah, wait." Yeah.
2: And sure and enough, sure oh, enough, and they yeah. were just
7: stunning. They yeah.
2: were lovely. Yeah. They're pretty tough plants, and they yeah. they even can take a light frost. So you know, uh, and if we lived in Florida, they would be perennials in our gardens. It's it's just the heavy frost that kills them.
7: Yeah. Well, well I'm I'm fortunate. I do have a little root cellar underneath oh, my porch, well, so I'm gonna I will try that. Just hang them th- upside down, and that's, yep, yep. yep.
2: Okay. Oh, okay, thank Thanks, you, Thanks, Jody. Let us know how that goes. we Will
1: bet. do. Thanks, thank Jody. And unusual as it is, we have a couple of lines open here mm. at 416 360 and anywhere in the province toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. And we're due for a little bit of a break here at 951, The Garden Show from Zuma Radio.
0: Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio.
1: And Frank Proctor, the sous chef of the garden, welcoming Siva to the show in Toronto here. Hi, Siva.
2: Good morning. Morning. My
8: canna has finished flowering. Can I bring it into the basement in the pot, or do I have to do something else with it to get the bulbs?
2: Okay, you can leave it in the pot over winter, but do not bring it in until we have a frost. Okay. Because the frost is what will knock the leaves down and they'll just collapse onto the pot. Okay. And when that happens, the next day, you'll go out, you'll cut the foliage down to ground level. Okay. And meanwhile, of course, you won't be doing any watering, or it might be raining, so it might be super wet. Okay. But before we get into really, really cold weather, you have to... Get the pot into a frost-free location. Okay, but wait for the frost—the first frost—to knock the foliage down, and then in- ensure that it, the bulb doesn't rot uh, by being super soaking wet. So if oh. it's if it's rainy, 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 stick it in the garage or stick it under cover, okay. so uh, so that it's just not a big soggy mess. Okay, okay. Thank Thanks, you. Dean. You're All right. Right.
1: Thank you very much. And uh, well, we've a few minutes remaining in the show. See if we can squeeze a couple more callers in here. Like Dina in North York. Hi, welcome to the show. Good morning. Hi, Dina.
2: Oh, hi. Am I on the line? You Dina? are on the radio. Oh, my God. Welcome to the I show. I on
5: my other phone, and it died down, and, I, and now I'm on the other phone with the cord here. <laughs> 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 I can't believe this. <laughs> okay, first of all, Charlie. Hi, Frank. Hi. I want to uh, tell Charlie that um, I transplanted my hollyhock. Mm-hmm. You told me to transplant it before the, the winter so the soil is still warm. Mm-hmm. And they bloom really well. Nice. I transfer another plant, too, and it's doing well. Excellent. Now, I want to ask you about my orchids. I yeah. had two beautiful orchids blooming for months and months, you Excellent. know. Excellent. Uh, but then they died, and um, I cut off the dead end, you know, the mm-hmm. part that's dead. Yep. And but what about it's growing a whole bunch of roots? What do I do with those roots? Do I leave them on? You
2: leave them on. Yep, yep. That's what orchids do. Oh. They do have roots that grow up into the air. That's fine. Don't worry about it. Um, you'll you'll know the plant is being sufficiently watered by right. looking at the health of the roots. Uh-huh, so the okay. roots will be should be fat. They should be shiny. They'll have a bit of. They'll be green. And the yeah. tip, the very tips of the roots, will be silver. Oh, and, and Yeah, yeah, they're very. Yeah, different. that tells you that you're. Watering adequately and appropriately, so that's exactly, uh, sounds good. They will get a hold of some orchid fertilizer and consider using fertilizer on your orchids just right after Christmas and Mm -hmm. get into routine using the fertilizer every month or so. Orchid fertilizer. Eh? Yeah. Orchid fertilizer. Oh, right. For okay. special for orchids.
5: Another little question. Oh. I, want well, to I ask can't. You. I sorry, lot.
1: sorry, my love. We, Dean we have, you'll to, have go. to call back. <laughs> we have to call back. But we have a, a caller on the line who is a first time caller from just south of Buffalo. I understand. So there we are. Get your wings. Good morning and
2: welcome, Barbara. Good morning, Barbara.
8: Good morning. I'm so happy to speak to you both.
2: Oh, thanks I for calling every
8: Saturday, and I love you both. And I wish you could trans- be transported to Buffalo. <laughs> See you every week. <laughs> but anyways, I'll start. with I have a hundred questions, but I know I only have one. That's right. For about my hostas. Mm-hmm. I have a huge yard and covered with hostas, mm-hmm. all different varieties. For the past two years, in one section where I've had hostas for about 25 years. The leaves are have gotten so small, mm. and I've been blaming the deer because the deer come over in that section and they chew the mm-hmm. leaves off. Okay, mm-hmm. so what? Oh, it's depressing because God, there's at least about eighty hosta plants. Mm. So what do you think could be doing it?
2: Well, when was the last time you amended the soil in that area with like composted manure or something like that?
8: Oh, they get they get manure probably every two years.
2: Oh, okay, yeah. And- because that that would be my first impulse is that the soil needs amending the soil needs in order to grow fat juicy plants you've got to have super healthy soil so yeah. i'd be inclined either this fall or next spring you know get a good half inch of of you know good quality organic material onto the soil otherwise uh, maybe is it a divide? I mean is it a situation where they're just so crowded that there there's certain no, amount of stress that like way that
8: matter of fact, they take some out and they transplant them out in other places. Yeah. Hmm. But you don't think the deer has been the culprits?
2: Oh, yeah. the deer will definitely – they love hostas. They'll choose hosta yeah. almost over almost any other plant. So, yeah. But, I mean, you'll know when they've chewed the leaves off. And, of course, they're going to tend to go for the biggest ones. But they're, they're, the, the new growth is in the center, and that's where the smaller leaves are, and that would be the most tender growth. So, yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, I mean, there are some good repellents out there to try and keep the deer away. That plant skid? Yes. I've yeah, talked i talked about.
8: Inter- yeah, I plan to buy that. Yeah. So I, I read, S- yeah. This seems to be a good product.
2: S-K-Y-D-D. is a repellent. Yeah, it's supposed to be a great product and should keep the deer away. So I'd be okay. suggesting that. And yeah, like I say, lots of organic material.
8: Okay, I'll do that. But do you want to know my solution for the geraniums, which I,
2: uh, yeah, to, I save over, every year? Yeah.
8: I just shake the dirt off. I put them in, like, these uh, plastic containers, and I keep some mud, uh, some dirt on them, and I put the water, and I just grow them in my basement all year near a, near a light. And then in the mm. spring, I just take off the dead stuff, and I put them right back in a new pot with new soil.
2: Right, you know, so you, you're keeping yeah. them alive but yes. under lights in the basement. Yes. Yeah,
8: Every single year and this year they've been unbelievable. Excellent.
2: Oh, good yeah. tip. Well, thanks, Barbara. Thanks for calling, Barbara. Thank you
8: very much. You're both wonderful.
1: Don't be a
2: stranger. <laughs> oh, <your> okay. <laughs> thank you, Charlie. That was great. Thank you, Frank. That was very great. Look at all those great callers. Thank you. They, they're the ones that make the show. And Sebastian, we couldn't do it without you. So thank you very much and uh, see you all again next,
0: next week. week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin.